Uh, hi, Jeron. Yeah, thanks so much for hopping on this recording. It's super excited to have you here. So I've been always like all around this dev role, develop advocacy thing for a long while. Um, and I just feel there are a lot of things that people do not really understand about DevRel, developer advocacy. And I think you can help us clear all of that with the questions you're going to be helping us to answer. And I also believe that the community will be super excited to like hear what all you have to say. So, um, hey, Dara, so can you do a little bit of an introduction so we can move into like the questions? Absolutely. Uh, thanks so much for uh, putting this together. I'm very happy to speak with you, Shodipo. Uh, as you uh, mentioned, first of all, my name is Doron Sherman. I'm uh, running the evangelism team at Cloudinary uh, for the past four years. Cloudinary is, a, is an eight-year-old company, so about half of its life, um, developer relation has been a central piece of uh, what it is we are doing, and I have a very cool, exciting team uh, to work with me and uh, do advocacy in the community. Yeah, thanks so much. So um, down to the question. So the first question is, there are two things that um, I have seen in Cloudinary in the past years. So the first one is product experience. Next is develop, developer's experience. So what is the difference based on Cloudinary, the difference between product experience and um, developer experience? How does that, how do they like differentiate at Cloudinary? Excellent. I love this question. Um, it's uh, something that uh, perhaps is not necessarily uh, made explicit in other companies um, in our technology space, but we found it very useful in, uh, in Cloudinary to make the perhaps uh, slight distinction between product experience and developer experience. And that has to do with a different mindset or a different context with respect to the developers to whom we are uh, teaching Cloudinary or advocating Cloudinary. So imagine two different concepts where uh, product experience is traditionally uh, more of an inside-out approach to uh, when you speak with developers, you explain uh, your platform features, you explain uh, the API, you explain the parameters. Everything is done from the context of let me tell you how my product works uh, in terms of the learning experience. Developer experience, on the other hand, is almost like coming from the opposite direction of um, Mr. or Ms. Developer. Tell me what problem you're trying to solve. Let's see if, it, if your problem has a component that involves uh, having to solve a media challenge, and if so, um, I will guide you through a journey that translates your media problem into discovering which features and which parts of my platform uh, can solve your media problem. So product experience is sort of an inside-out approach, and uh, developer experience is more guiding a journey from the outside in. And it caters more. We believe that developer experience is actually the bigger, more challenging component of uh, addressing what developers want to do because it's done from the context of where they're coming from. For example, uh, what tax stack are you working on? Uh, what is the use case that you're trying to implement? 
what specifically, what media problem you're trying to solve? What is the challenge? Maybe it's media accessibility, maybe it's media performance. And then I'll guide you to discover my platform solution. Ah, that's super nice. So I guess in summary, all, what you said is, so product experience is about um, the person working with the APIs, we do something with the APIs that the public on the outside can use. While the developer experience person is the someone who will be guiding the clients, who will be guiding the um, developers using your APIs on how to use them, right? Did I get that right? Yes, absolutely. And a specific example for that, let's say you're a React developer trying to implement uh, an e-commerce application and implementing a product catalog that shows images. And you know that you're planning to use perhaps maybe the latest uh, uh, technique in, uh, in React development, which is React hooks. And you know that you, are, you care about um, uh, serving responsive images to your product catalog. And you know that uh, they have to be accessible and you know that they need to perform. Right? So you don't expect, expect me, for example, to guide you through my entire platform that has 15,000 features, right? That's not going to be a good developer experience, right? I would rather just say, okay, well, if you're a React developer, I'm not talking to you about Vue.js or Angular or Svelte or anything else. I'm just going to talk with you about React and specifically React hooks, show you the React hooks interfaces that enable you to, for example, do responsive images and to serve, um, uh, media accessibility to your users and also achieve high performance in the context of your e-commerce applications, in the context of your React tech stack, and only address those media challenges specifically that you're interested in. Ah, perfect. That's perfect. That's totally perfect. So yeah, sometimes, uh, by example, everything becomes much much clearer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. So um, the next question we have is, so there's also another role at Cloudinary, um, which, which have like a whole bunch of roles like already. So, <laughs> so there's another one at Cloudinary called the developer advocates. So I believe a whole bunch of people are, wanna, are like going to want to ask like over Twitter, email, somehow, even Slack, and I'm sure your Discord or your Slack is like, like a whole bunch of like text there, like people asking like all these questions. And I hope this video will help them like put all of these questions together. So what exactly do developer advocates at Cloudinary, what do they do? Like, what exactly do they do? Yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of uh, hone in on the, uh, the meaning or, or the role of developer advocate. And we went through a few iterations. Initially, it was actually called developer evangelism. And we didn't really like that. Uh, it sounds too overly missionary, perhaps. Uh, and, then, and then we kind of transitioned to developer advocacy and developer relations really is the overall umbrella of the role. Um, and uh, maybe paraphrasing a, a common saying, it's, it's a little bit of a jack of all trades and master of some, hmm. or master of a few, if, okay. if you like. Um, and in terms of what developer advocates Cloudinary do, the three main areas where uh, developer advocates operate um, would be uh, one would be content creation of content and that includes also creation of software sh showcase applications and things like that uh, it will be involvement in community work whether it's organizing event or participating in supporting other people's events uh, we do a lot of sponsorships of course and then uh, all sorts of collaboration and collaboration happens both with internal teams inside Cloudinary, and I uh, can probably expand on that later, 
as well as collaborating with other technology platform partners, uh, perhaps with uh, developer shops and system integrators and other constituents in the developer community, um, we love to create joint uh, developer advocacy projects and create kind of mesh our software together with other technologies to showcase how we solve common problems in media technology. Okay, so, so I get this right. You said the number one thing would be content, community, and collaboration. Is there like any other part of the job? Um, it really depends on the skill set um, and, and the passion. Uh, you know, the team is, the developer advocacy team is kind of diverse in a sense that some people are much more keen on being involved in community development. Uh, some other folks like to develop uh, courseware, articles, showcase applications, sit down and, and build software. But I'd say that every developer advocate at Cloudinary has at least a little bit of every one of these domains. But uh, sometimes, uh, people focus on different areas depending on what they like doing and what they're really good at. Okay, so I guess you mean that it's going to be based on number one, what the person likes doing, and number two, what the company in context is hiring for, right? Um, th that's correct, but we, we don't have overly opinionated uh, direction to developer advocates. There's great uh, amount of freedom that's available to developer advocates to kind of explore their area of interest and then develop um, value add uh, and, and projects. And we discuss everything in our weekly meeting and we decide uh, what gets priority. Clearly, we, we all have many more things that we like to do and we like to pursue more than we have time and energy available for <laughs> and resources and money. So uh, we prioritize accordingly, but it's all done in open communication and there's great level of freedom, uh, which I think kind of leads to the fact that uh, developer advocates say sometimes that it's the best job they ever had. Yes, yes. I love how you end that, the best job. That's like, I love that line. <laughs> so, um, so that's going to lead me to my next question. So I love my job so much. And it's been so funny that in this period of the COVID-19 and the pandemic, um, I've had literally more talks than I even had even during the pandemic, like before the pandemic. It's so weird and it's like so exciting. But then let's say there's no pandemic, no COVID-19. I have things like um, talks. I have things like, I'm, okay, I have to be in, like in the US like this week, next week. I'm like, okay, I have a conference in Canada, so I have to travel there. So all of these travelings are together. Then after like Canada, I have to be like in Nairobi somewhere. So I have to like travel all the way to Nairobi. Now, for me, as someone who has a family and has other things to do in life, like how do I balance all of this with all my traveling and basically developer advocacy with personal life? How do I balance this? Because I'm sure a lot of developer advocates out there are having the same problem and they are wondering also. That's a great question. And um, as, as we can both tell, um, that's a, a topic that's uh, very commonly discussed on Twitter and in various uh, developer advocacy circles. Uh, so I have a few takes on that. Um, people talk about work-life balance. Mm -hmm. I kind of like um, work-life integration in a sense that your work and your hobbies have a lot in common. Um, I know that people have hobbies, and they should, uh, outside of work, but if you consider that nonstop learning is 
is a hobby. That's what you like doing. Technology is a hobby. Interacting with other people and actually making a lot of friends with the people that you work with, then suddenly that tension and the stress that's caused by a uh, lot of travel, long work hours, working in all hours of a day, the stress is actually much, much reduced. That's, that's at least my own personal experience. Mm. I was actually traveling uh, close to 65% uh, last year. And then going into uh, this year, I thought I'm going to repeat that again. And I was actually very excited to do that. Now, not to say that this is something that everybody wants to do, uh, but I, I think liking to travel is, is a big plus. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then knowing when to take a breather. Uh, sometimes really too much travel, uh, long work hours, it, yeah. it just gets to you. And then you have to say, okay. I need to slow down. Exactly. Okay. Did you cut out? Um, I can. I can still hear you. Okay. 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 Amazing. Amazing. So, um, so what makes so when I'm traveling, sometimes I, some I would so personally, I, I love reading books. So, like, if I'm traveling, I always have a book. So, like, okay. I'm not using my laptop. I just pick up the book and start reading. At least it's something I'm doing one of my hobbies. <laughs> and yes, one of the things you said is your hobbies, that's like hobbies, things you love doing should align with your job. If it's developer advocacy, if it's something you love. Because personally, I love my job and I love like most of my hobbies. Like that's why they're hobbies. <laughs> so um, I love coding. I love um, just going to the internet. I love reading articles. I love building stuff that work. I love... Um, going to Twitter. So like I'm always with my laptop. So I have like two devices that I can use on an airplane. I have my laptop. Once it's dead, I can pick up my iPad and I can continue what I'm doing. Since like the iPad Pro like is super amazing on how Apple built it. And one of the one of the one of my hobbies also is movies. I love movies. And <laughs> so sometimes so some airplanes and Wi-Fi is not always good. So what I always do is when I'm still at the airport, I get like really great internet and I download lots of movies on Netflix. <laughs> and I have like this power bank that I always carry to charge both my iPad and my AirPods. So when I'm on the plane, my iPad is charging. Once my AirPod dies, like just charge it and wait for like an hour to like come back, continue watching my movies. So like <laughs> I get to like keep those hobbies of mine in check and read books still work on my laptop, watch movies if I can. And so I just keep myself busy on the airplane. I hardly sleep on flights. That's the funniest thing for me. <laughs> so You're just, not alone. Yeah. This is the life. I just want everyone to really understand um, how exactly developer advocacy work and works and all of that. So one major thing I want to go, like, go back in time to about what you said is the collaboration part. So um, you said developer advocacy collaborates both internal teams and external teams so that's i think when you said external teams you meant partners who are partnering with the company itself right that's correct it's typically done at an individual level but those individuals uh, happen to work uh, many times for other technology companies and all of that really depends on um it's really fueled by the fact that uh, there's certain developer trends that now advocate for use of best-of-breed technologies in creating solutions. It's not that you go to one company and you get the entire solution from just one company. 
basically you need to assemble the solution from using an API, let's say if you need the security uh, or authentication, uh, you go to Auth0. You yep. need real-time communication, you go to a Twilio or a PubNub. Uh, you need uh, a headless CMS, maybe you go to Contentful, right? And then you need media, you go to Cloudinary. And you need yeah. to put all of those things together, right? Now, because of what I spoke about earlier, about the fact that you need to show in the context of a developer how you solve a media problem, that means you can't just talk about Cloudinary. You need to collaborate externally with other companies. So we collaborate with exactly those type of companies that I just mentioned, in order to showcase how we can build complete solutions by combining best of breed technologies. And it's sort of a collaborative advocacy together with other technology companies that all come together to show developers how you can put solutions together. And it's much more effective than just talking about the specific technology that your company makes. Amazing, that's super amazing, that's super helpful to, um, I guess a whole bunch of companies out there would um, take a beak on this and like, oh, this is a really amazing thing. So one other thing I want to ask is, so I have a lot of people reaching out to me in DMs on Twitter saying um, developer advocacy. I understand what you guys do, but then how exactly do I start? Like, do I just like write a talk and just get to an event or something and just start speaking? Like, yeah, really confused on how to get started. And not just these people I speak to, but I'm pretty sure a whole bunch of people out there are really confused on how to get started, get started with developer advocacy. So can you help share some tips on how exactly I can get started with developer advocacy if I haven't started already? Very good question. Um, we see a lot of uh, different backgrounds for people who uh, ultimately land in a developer advocacy role. It used to be that uh, people saw that as a progression for somebody who comes from software, strict software development uh, background. And it definitely helps especially advocacy in, in the software domain. Uh, but now we see, of course, developers, software developers themselves actually not necessarily having just um, the standard computer science background, but they come from all uh, backgrounds as well. And, and that applies to developer advocacy. I'd say that first and foremost, you want to ask yourself what motivates you and what makes you tick. And there are some good signs, for example, um, if you like teaching, especially in public, that's, that's a very good background. Yeah. Um, and, and we know some of the best advocates, we both know them, uh, in the community that have uh, teaching as, as background. Yeah. And they love teaching and they translate it into developer advocacy and just it works amazingly well. Yeah. Uh, ask yourself if you like to help others. Uh, ask yourself if you're passionate about uh, non-stop learning. Um, also, uh, are you really okay with not being the expert, the absolute expert, uh, while you handle multiple topics? Um, mm -hmm. That's what I said earlier, perhaps, you know, jack of all trades and master of some. Um, you, you don't have to, you can't be the expert on everything. That's why collaboration also happy. Um, you know, being collaboration happy is a very good trait, um, such that you feel very comfortable, not just being a lone wolf, but rather, uh, seeking collaboration from uh, other folks to complement your skill sets and be able to collaborate as a group. Okay, that's exciting. I'm pretty sure a whole bunch of people trying to get started with developer advocacy. I think this is a part of the talk I'm going to highlight once we release all of this because 
um, a whole bunch of people really want to understand how to get started and they are really confused. And that whole bunch, they are really plenty. And I believe um, this talk, this recording will help them um, get to see how to get started. So um, my next question is, how exactly do, does developer advocacy fit into Cloudinary's business strategy? How do they fit in? Like how does that department fit in? Yes, excellent. So Cloudinary is, uh, is a unique company. It's an eight-year-old bootstrap company uh, that actually came uh, from a consulting background and then discovered uh, media as, uh, as a platform that developers uh, would be adopting. So developers have always been in the past eight years as the main growth engine for the company. Uh, we basically use uh, freemium. You know, we have a very generous free tier that developers are starting to experiment with. And then there's word of mouth. They start uh, speaking to other developers about what they like about the platform. So there's kind of a uh, lot of grassroots developer adoption as, as the main vehicle. Uh, so that's very much um, in terms of developer advocacy helping to fuel that uh, growth engine for Cloudinary is uh, super important. And the developer relations team is kind of uh, where the rubber meets the road with respect to being as close to those developers that first experience uh, the product. We, we kind of see their, their experience with the product. We understand what they're looking for. Uh, we know we speak their language. We go to conferences. We, we do all the community work. Right, so uh, developer relations absolutely is, is an essential piece in uh, continuing that uh, rapid growth. Um, what we also have done, and uh, you know that personally, as a member of uh, the Media Developer Experts Program, we realized that we want to do uh, good by developers who uh, develop a passion for media technology. And unlike uh, most other companies that have uh, what's called ambassador programs, we actually position the MDE program or the Media Developer Expert program as a career advancement program in order to support a group of uh, talented developers that are subject matter experts in different domains and then being able to go out to the community and collaborate, again, emphasis on collaboration, collaborate with the developer relations team in order to bring media technology to the masses. Again, if you think about what we talked about earlier in this conversation, where the outside-in approach to advocacy, yeah. we basically want to say, if you're a developer and you have a use case, you're working in a tech stack, and then you have a media problem, you're looking for a solution to that media problem. So we want to make sure that you have as many experts as possible in the community in different subject matters, different domains, that are able to assist you in solving uh, your problem. So again, developer relations being focused on that uh, media developer expertise is kind of very strategic to Cloudinary's business strategy. Uh, and also I, I'd mentioned that in the past couple of years, uh, we started the developer relations program uh, four years ago. The last couple of years, our main focus, uh, we're kind of honing in uh, with the rest of the industry on developer experience. It's actually not just something that the developer relations team in Cloudinary is focusing on, but pretty much all teams within uh, Cloudinary have something to do with trying to improve developer experience. And then we work closely with them. We actually have a developer experience task force uh, to address that. Yeah, I love the word task force. That's, that's a really nice developer experience task force. Like this are the guys who like at the forefront when there's like an issue, like just jump out there 
what's the issue? Let's fix it for you. That kind of thing. So yeah, exactly. my next question is around. So one major thing I know is so if you are a developer advocate who don't know how to use social media, who doesn't use Twitter, who is not um, always at the top of things, you would be lost. Like you'd be way lost. I'm not sure you can be found anytime if you don't like <laughs> come on the internet for like let's say four months. Like you're out, you're ghosted. That would be so hard because a lot of things are changing. Like. Things are really changing every time. So in so if, okay, let's talk about engineering. So it's absolute engineering. React is always pushing out like really great updates. When they push React hooks, a lot of things change. A lot of things were removed. A lot of things were added, saying that we don't need to write this whole chunk of code anymore because it's being used using states, using uh, hooks basically. Um, so developer advocacy also is changing. Um, now this change and this trend that's changing. How exactly does it affect how companies hire um, developer advocates? Like, how does it affect them since, like, this trend of developer advocacy is always changing? Yeah. So, uh, the nature of our industry is that, of course, uh, and by the way, the industry is enormous. I mean, I don't know what the current number is, but it's uh, upward of 20 million uh, software developers out there. And especially if you think about uh, media technology and the web becoming visual, right, where everybody is very used to um, using images and videos and media-first experiences out there. Performance. Um, the, the kind of the innate belief is that sooner or later, a developer will have to touch media technology. And then you say, well, how can you reach 20 million developers out there that, you know, maybe not right now, but in the next X couple, you know, X number of years will ultimately need to find solutions to media problems as they're building mobile apps and they're building web apps and they have uh, so many, such a plethora of uh, technologies that they're using. So we obviously cannot deal with or handle the, the, the vast majority of those technologies, but we're looking at what the influencers in our industry um, are basically uh, talking about, right? That's how we identify trends. And we focus on trends. And in a way, um, if people are building applications in a certain way today, based on uh, what's being discussed in the community, you can tell where they're migrating. So for example, uh, technologies such as uh, Jamstack is growing very, very rapidly. Mm -hmm. And then when you unpack that, you realize, well, Jamstack is comprised of uh, front-end uh, frameworks and headless CMSs and uh, serverless technology. Uh, and then a few other, you know, and static site building and, and certain other elements. And then you basically start breaking down those popular developer trends that exist out there as cloud computing is being simplified and people are starting to use increasingly serverless technology. And then you identify... Um, what developers are really talking about? And we focus on that. Uh, so it's almost like, you know, we, we skate to where the puck is going as opposed to looking backwards and saying X number of applications are built using this technology or that technology because that's looking backward. We're trying to always look forward and see what developers are passionate about learning and creating and, and assembling modern solutions, right? It's always about modern web, modern uh, mobile development, and seeing what technologies are involved in that, and then marrying that with 
media technology and seeing where media technology fits into those uh, domains. And that's what we are focusing on. So very exciting. Wow. <laughs> that's a lot. So now um, I wish we could have something like a drum roll because like this is like one of the most exciting questions everyone is waiting for because <laughs> everyone loves this question. So the question is, is Cloudinary hiring? Cloudinary, that's actually an easy answer. Cloudinary is always hiring. Uh, we've been doubling the company uh, in terms of uh, pretty much every dimension that you look at, including our workforce uh, every year for the past eight years. Now, uh, clearly, uh, we have in the last quarter some sort of uh, COVID-related mm-hmm. uh, mishaps in our industries. They don't affect Cloudinary as much, uh, but you know, being a bootstrap company, we are always uh, we are always taking uh, a sane approach to hiring, and we definitely are continuing to hire. Okay, so um, now I think I'm gonna seal that question a bit. So. Is Cloudinary hiring DevRels, developer advocates, at this time? We have uh, positions open for developer relations at this time, yes. Exciting. So how can people apply? How can, um, probably not apply, but I think it should be, how can people get more context about the role, like the job description? Should they, is there someone they can email, something they can see or something? Yes, our, our jobs are listed under the career page uh, of Cloudinary. And also, since we're very, uh, the developer relations team is very active on Twitter, um, can basically DM any of us and ask for details. And we can describe what we're looking for. Okay, so that means it's as, as easy as just send a DM to like, ask Cloudinary, like that simple. <laughs> um, yeah, any, any of us personally, we're very visible yeah. on Twitter. Amazing. Okay, so um, I think I'm going to drop, um, so on the post that we're going to be adding there's like the ask drone so he's like twitter url is on the poster so if you can find the poster while you're watching this video you can get his um twitter username there you can follow him send him a dm i'm guessing his message is opened and you can like ask about devrel ask more questions if you can but let your questions be very direct and go straight to the point so yeah um thanks so much john for taking out the time i'm really super excited to like see you here and like just have you talking about devrel here and i really hope that everyone watching this video will fully understand what devrel does and even companies would understand what devrel does and would know how to create a devrel team and how to put together a job description for a devrel all of that so yeah thanks so much for taking out the time thank you so much Rudipa. it's been a pleasure speaking with you yes Okay, so um, thank you. Have a nice day. You too. Take care.